The Education Channel supports individual educational goals and encourages creativity for all. Visit uctv.tv slash education. Welcome, everyone. I'm Dr. Stephen Mercer. I'm an independent educational consultant, which means I help students and families find great colleges to apply to. And I'm also an instructor with the University of California, San Diego College Counseling Certificate Program. And I'm really thrilled to be here today with a great guest, a great colleague, Rebecca Stewart-Arlowski. She's a experienced specialist in the world of homeschooling for over 23 years. And she's also an independent educational consultant and applies her knowledge of homeschooling to the world of college admission. And so we thought it would be a great idea to have a conversation today and explore some of the challenges that students and families face in making decisions about homeschooling and applying to college. And this is an area that Rebecca, you just know like the back of your hand. And I'm so thrilled that you're here today. So welcome. Thank you so much for having me, Stephen. I appreciate it. And uh, yes, I mean, just a little bit of background about me. I have uh, about 23 years experience as a private homeschooler here in San Diego. Um, and so it is definitely familiar territory for me. And I've worked with many homeschooling families in the college admissions and application process. Well, let's dive in then. So I think, you know, recently my observation has been, there's been so many changes to, uh, the school life, both for young children, high school students, college students, you know, due to the pandemic, the changes in instruction, uh, the closures, the changes to admission policies. I mean, it's just really uh, a lot to get our arms around. And one of those changes that I've seen are a lot of families that decided or are considering to homeschool their students and are nervous about the college application process. They're wondering, are they taking a risk? So with a family that's thinking about that or, or a family that has already made that decision, whether they know it or not, What's the biggest piece of advice that you have as a starting point for folks to be thinking about? Yeah, that's a great question. I, um, I really encourage families and, and I agree with what you said, um, that I have seen an influx of, uh, homeschoolers in our community, um, for various reasons and and mostly related to just, um, sort of a disappointing experience with the whole, um, you know, online schooling. Um, and so when families come to homeschooling, they are, they are coming sort of out of, um, maybe not willingness of, uh, and not have researched homeschooling well. So I do like to encourage families to think about, you know, what are the reasons behind your choice for homeschooling? What are your educational philosophies? Uh, what do you hope your child or children will accomplish as as homeschoolers? And, uh, you know, I like to help families think about the different ways that they can homeschool, because a lot of families, you know, they come out of um, brick and mortar schools and it's all that they know. And so when you're introducing them to the world of homeschooling, um, it can be overwhelming, So I think a good baseline is to start at the beginning. You know, what is your philosophy? What is your educational philosophy? What do you hope your homeschooling philosophy will be? Um, And I think that's helpful for them just to sort of, you know, maybe narrow 
their um, apprehension and to think, I, I can do this because we do have some goals and, and plans for our kids. And we feel that homeschooling would be the best thing for them. I think there's a, a that, that kind of, uh, I talk to a lot of families who want to rush in, right? And say, I don't know about philosophy. I just want to get down to the details. You know, how do I make it work? How do I make sure my child is actually learning math or how do I provide a, a lab for a science class if I'm not, you know, if I'm not a scientist or, or again, as the, as the prospect of applying to college gets closer on the timeline, I, I find a lot of families just want to get to the details of, yeah, but just tell me how to do it. How do I get into a college? How do I not, um, how do I not make a mistake in the pieces of the puzzle? And I love the wisdom that you're putting out there that it's, it really it's not a, a luxury to sit back and say, well, what's your philosophy? It's really important is what you're saying that so many decisions that you'll make about classes and applying to college, et cetera, will stem from your educational philosophy. Right. And, you know, and, and because so many of these families come from a traditional model, um, they sort of tend to look at things um, almost in, in one sort of in the box way that is, okay, well, my, my student has to take accredited courses. My student has to take these exact courses, um, you know, and I mean, time and again, I see families who are looking to sort of stay in that same mode. And when they're introduced to the fact that they've got a lot more freedom and flexibility, um, I think it's very beneficial for them it, because they realize, oh, I can allow my child to pursue what they want, to go in depth in a passion, to maybe not take everything accredited. Maybe we don't have to take the standard, you know, here in California, A through G, which is a set of requirements, a minimum requirements to be eligible for admission for the University of California or whatever. So, you know, those families uh, I think it's freeing to them. So that is definitely something that I encourage um, parents to do is really, really do a little bit more research, understand, you know, the freedom that you have. And also when it comes to applying to college, you know, you as a parent will get a chance to tell the story of the transition, but your student will also get the chance to say what homeschooling meant to them. And it won't be duplicitous of, you know, what it meant to be in a brick and mortar school. So, um, I think that's really empowering. So could I ask you, can you, maybe could you give me an example of if a family takes that step, that, that takes that deep breath, pauses and thinks to themselves, okay, we're, we're, we're going to do this homeschooling thing. So what is our philosophy? And what might be an example of if a family says, well, our, our philosophy about education for our child looks like this. And therefore, we might make choices that look very different than what they're getting at their brick and mortar school. I mean, I'm kind of that's a, a big question, but I mean, how might it be different is, I guess, what I'm saying, depending on your philosophy. Right. Well, I mean, so I love to use my own kids as examples because um, we definitely didn't follow the beaten path. So I in my one of my former lives, I was a um, special ed teacher. I was a public education teacher. Um but one of the things I think special education brought me was the ability to be flexible. Um, and so when I began to homeschool, you know, 20 some years ago, my eldest son was very 
he was very um, interested in math and later physics. And so our philosophy was one, something called unschooling or self-directed schooling, in which I allowed him to pursue the things that he loved. So he just, you know, by the time he was done with high school, he had taken multiple math and physics college courses. He had even audited and done upper division uh, math and physics. So um, I let him pursue that direction. You know, he really, you know, he loved education. He loved learning. And so we let him fly in those areas. And then, you know, as we got closer to the college application process, there were some things that he needed to learn, say, foreign language. And so we figured out a way to do it that was palatable. Um, I think this is a great example. You know, here we're in Southern California. I'm thinking, you know, Spanish is very practical. And so I kept suggesting it. But he chose to learn Arabic um, because he he thought that Arabic was sort of like solving a math puzzle. So he took a couple of semesters of Arabic at the community college. Um, and so by the time he had applied to college, you know, he was very pointy in these other areas, but he had sort of checked the minimum boxes. And, you know, his experience was really um, joy filled. And so that's sort of my philosophy. And I obviously I work with a lot of families who have different philosophies, but I, I do always try to encourage them. You know, if your child has a particular bent, you know, let them go with it. You know, college is really overall colleges really do like homeschoolers, particularly when, you know, they can really un understand clearly what the family did, what the student did. So, it, you know, I think families should not be afraid um, of their homeschool child applying to college. Well, that's a good segue into kind of the next set of questions that I'm, I'm thinking about, and maybe we can talk about, which is, um, okay, you know, it's time now to apply to college and you know, we, you and I both, we see traditional applicants and you see a lot of homeschool college applicants. I see a few, but not a lot. And my observation is that there's an application is an application and in, in many ways is similar across the student, right? Whether they're from a certain part of the world or they're applying to a particular major, the pieces of a college application are often similar. But if we drill down into a homeschool applicant, there's some key things, right? I mean, one of the things that I keep hearing about in, in my work with families is the transcript, right? How do you apply to college if you don't go to a brick and mortar school and where you would get a transcript? And I know from my time as an admission officer that the transcript is, is a foundation document. It, it probably is the most important document and it, colleges could make a decision with just that alone, probably, right? Um, so, Sometimes I get families that get a little nervous and they look at me and say, well, you mean I'm just going to make up the transcript myself? How could a college possibly accept that? And how could it be legitimate? Again, I don't want to make mistakes. So how do you guide folks around thinking about building a homeschool transcript that really works, works for them, meets their philosophy, but works for college admission? Yeah, great question. Um, so there are a lot of different kinds of transcripts. Um, I have uh, given transcript presentations at homeschool groups before, and I have, you know, probably five or six samples. Um, I think what I prefer to do, and again, this is me, even though we sort of practiced a self-directed type learning, I like to take that um, off-the-cuff education and put it into a sort of um, box that I think college admissions officers will understand. 
And what I mean by that is um, most homeschoolers I know, you know, they they really are eclectic. So they might take classes, you know, self-study from home. So maybe the, the student does something with a parent or self-study something at home, but they'll also take online classes through online providers. They might take community college classes. They might take accredited, you know, online courses. They might take, you know, um, courses from a tutor, a local tutor. And so what you do is you put all of those things together in one comprehensive transcript and every single class. And, and by the way, I do get students who come into homeschooling after being in high school, you know, freshman year, sophomore year, even junior year. And so we take all of the previous work, we put it on the main transcript. And then we also add something called course descriptions because that's really important for colleges. So you know, you can put the name of a, of a course on the transcript, but then the college would want to know more about that. Um, and so in addition to the one page transcript, um, course descriptions literally can be, you know, five pages long. They can be 25 pages long. It depends on how detailed a, a parent wants to get. But in the course description, you're going to include, you know, textbooks used, um, literature used, basically the goal of the class, um, even metrics for evaluation. And then, of course, you know, grade and the year and everything that it was taken. So in the end, the transcript can look very much like a public school transcript, but it's got this wonderful additional information that colleges, you know, would normally get from a brick and mortar school because they know it well. Um, they get it all in one document. And I will say this, sometimes um, I will have parents uh, submit um, other transcripts. So if they've been in a brick and mortar school, they might go ahead and upload that uh, transcript as well. If they took classes from a provider, you know, three or four classes, say from a provider like Art of Problem Solving, which provides math classes for homeschoolers they might upload that transcript as well. So I really encourage families to um, give as much information as possible and let the colleges decide what they're going to look at and what they're going to ignore. Um, and I think I shared with you before that, you know, I got really positive feedback. Um, I tell this story, you know, fairly often because I think it's an important one. I remember when my eldest son was admitted to Harpy Mudd um, College and he was competing for a scholarship and we went to campus together and um, the head admissions person came up to me and thanked me and said, thank you so much for making it really clear and easy to see what, you know, your son did as a homeschooler. So, you know, my philosophy is more is fine. <laughs> let them, you know, let them cull through it and, and use what they want. I mean, that's one of the clear things I'm hearing you saying that, that, it's likely that a homeschool transcript is going to be longer. It's a, probably a good idea to aim for including more information rather than less. And the other gem uh, of information that I'm hearing that I think is important to highlight is that it's not just the transcript, but the choices that students and families might be making along their high school journey towards college. It is There's a lot of flexibility. And when you mention you can take a accredited class, like through a provider, like an online provider, there are well-known, and that's grown in recent years quite a bit, right? But well-known online classes that you can take, multiple classes, one class, one-off. You can take a community college course. You can build your own classes as a homeschool family. And 
establish, and that's probably where you'd want to have more detail. I, mean, I think you've referred to those as like non-accredited type classes, right? right. A little bit more, a little bit more independent or a lot. And so it can be a variety. In, in addition to any coursework that the student has completed at a regular brick and mortar school in the past can also be part of that high school slash homeschool transcript or record of what they've done. And I think those are two really important points. Yeah. Yeah. And, and actually, I've, you know, if, if we want, I, we can take a look at a sample transcript just so the viewers can uh, see, see this in action, see what a, a homeschool transcript could look like. This is one of many, but um, yeah, let's, let's take a look at this. All right. So this is an actual transcript with all the student information uh, removed, but there are classes in here. And so um, this is kind of fun to look at. This is just one model of transcript. Um, notice in this transcript, there are sections not by grade level, which is a traditional transcript, right? Normally it would be 9th, 10th, 11th, and 12th. This is um, categorized by subject by year. So you can see we've got math, science, technology, language arts, arts and electives, foreign language and social studies and history. And then at the top, senior year courses are actually separated out. So this is just one model. Um, and then if you also look, um, you'll see that under each uh, course, you've got the grade, how much high school credit was given, the level, and that could be, you know, college level, honors level, college prep, which is sort of non-honors. Again, every homeschool family can label their own transcripts how they wish. And then the school is where the student took it. And you can see, you know, the school might be a community college, it might be self-study, it might be a provider such as AOPS or Art of Problem Solving. So this one-page transcript actually gives colleges a lot of information. Um, they can see where a student took it, the grades that they took it, the year that they took it. And um, it's, you know, it's got even a key at the bottom that sort of gives them even more information. Um, and so it's pretty comprehensive. But then we also talked about the fact that homeschool transcripts have uh, course descriptions. And so if we go down here, I always like to put a table of contents in so they can just scroll straight down to something if they're interested in it. And then um, this one I, I compacted down so that it's, it was originally like 15 pages, but I compacted it down. And so you can just see here, you know, basically your basic course descriptions just talks about what the course was, what they did, including, you know, any description of labs, method of evaluation. I think that's always important um, to colleges. Um, this is just what it looks like. And then, you know, and, and what a homeschool family can do, I'll, I'll close shortly, but for the community college classes, literally, it's very easy to go to the community college website and cut and paste a description um, and put it right in there. And then a home design course, um, I'm going to scroll down. Actually, this is a, um, a co-op course. So a co-op is basically a place for homeschoolers to gather and they might be small, they might be medium or large. And typically there's either a parent that teaches classes or a higher teacher that teaches classes. And uh, students usually meet once, maybe twice a week, and they can take courses from almost any subject. And so in this case, this was a political philosophy, U.S. and world history um, course. And it was, you know, it was delightful. And, you know, there were probably eight to 10 kids in the class. 
Um, they meet at a designated location. Obviously, recently, most co-ops have been meeting online. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just a wonderful option for homeschoolers if you're in an area that offers um, co-ops. Right. Yeah. So just another example of the flexibility that a homeschool family has that they can document and provide this on a, a transcript when applying to college. Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Yep. Excellent. Yeah. This is really wonderful to see. I, th- I find that oftentimes seeing something like this, it just uh, helps helps to make it concrete. So thank you for showing this to us. Yeah. Really, and, really grateful. And I'm actually going to point out one last one, and then we'll uh, finish with the transcript. This course, again, I encourage families to be creative. So this honors freshman English was actually a combination of two or three courses by a particular provider. And so each course was a semester long, but I put it all together and called it Honors Freshman English because the provider was someone that provides um, gifted education. And so families can, you know, have a little bit of creative license, as it were. You're not making things up. You're not forging anything, but you're sort of putting courses together that make sense. So it was a, you know, a series of three courses and it made sense to put them together and call it honors freshman English. And, you know, you can see everything that the, the teachers use for the courses. So yeah, there are just many ways to do, to do the transcript. Excellent. So let's talk about a few other important parts of the homeschool college application that, that you've mentioned to me that are real standout areas to focus on. And, and that's one of those is the counselor letter, right? That's a common part of almost every college application. Usually it's written by a school counselor or administrator, someone at a school site, and they're an objective third party and they have their way of writing letters of recommendation. So for homeschool family, that's a pretty different thing, isn't it? It is different. And I think a lot of homeschool parents, they get nervous about the counselor letter. I've, I've had parents just spend so long and worrying, well, you know, this is just a letter from me. Do colleges really want to see this? But um, I, you know, I will gently push back and say, yeah, this is actually a really important document because it sort of puts everything together. It's your chance to recommend your student. And it's also your chance to explain any anomalies, any particular um, important information that would give uh, colleges context about why you homeschool about your child. Um, So, you know, parents of children who have maybe disabilities or, uh, you know, um, special circumstances where they had to pull out of school because they were injured or because they were academically really accelerated and it just wasn't a match. Here's the opportunity to explain that in the counselor letter. Um, And it's also a chance to, you know, sort of, you know, walk a college through, you know, what that homeschooling experience looked like and why that student has done so well and why that student would be a great fit for a four-year college. So typically counselor letters, the ones that I guide people through can be one to three pages. Mine were always three pages. I I always had a lot to say. And so I just encourage parents to really use it as an opportunity to give colleges as much information as they have, to give them context, because that's a word I use a lot, context. Context matters to colleges. The more that they understand 
about the homeschool experience and why that student has thrived, you know, the better they'll be able to evaluate that student for admissions. So that's really great to hear. And I, I think there's probably more to say about the counselor letter, but I want to talk about the final piece that you and I spoke about, because there's probably some overlap or potential overlap, and that's the school profile. So for folks that are listening that may not know, the school profile is also a really important document that, that is submitted with every application to college, but it's usually submitted by a school to the college. And usually the student, the applicant, is not really aware that the school profile is being admitted. And it's usually, again, a one to three page document that just says, this is what our school is about. You know, if it's a brick and mortar traditional school, it says when it was founded, if it's public or private, the courses that are offered, some of the the the, the general performance level of the student body, the distribution of grades and test scores, etc. And that's a really important document for context for every applicant. But in a homeschool situation, right, how is the school profile different? And also, how does it differ from the counselor letter? You know, how does how does what you put in a school profile describing your homeschool right. different from what you might say in the counselor letter from describing the homeschool student or, or does it not matter? Right. Uh, so I sort of have a system for my school profile and, and the school profiles that I usually see are usually two to three pages long. So I encourage parents to start at the beginning with their homeschool philosophy or reason for homeschooling, because um, in the common application, which we haven't mentioned what the common application is, but it's basically an application system where students can apply to numerous colleges, um, there'll be a, a counselor account and a homeschool parent becomes the school counselor. And so in that counselor account, there are sections that a school counselor can answer. And one of them for the homeschooling is, you know, why did you homeschool? What's your philosophy? And so that becomes a part of the, the school profile. So that first section, you know, is exactly addressing that. That can be a paragraph or two. Um, the next section is literally the profile of the school. So if it's a homeschool, how do you do a profile? Well, what I like to do is sort of give the college's context again about where we live, what our neighborhood is like, what our neighborhood school is like, um, because it helps them to know, okay, this is where you're situated. You know, in our case, um, you know, we live in a, this very diverse neighborhood. And, you know, I wanted the schools to know that just because, you know, we love our neighborhood. But I also, you know, the reason that we originally started homeschooling was that my eldest son was just really academically advanced to the point that it, he just wouldn't fit into any local schools because he was doing algebra by the time he was in second grade. So those kinds of pieces of information become important, sort of, sort of. So, you know, the profile, the demographics of our neighborhood curriculum. This is more sort of objective than the counselor letter. So the counselor letter, it, you know, it can have some subjectivity to it, right? It's a recommendation. Whereas the profile might be, you know, here are the providers that we used. Here are the methods that we use for homeschooling. So I've seen a lot of parents even provide like the credentials of the people who worked with their students, if they worked with tutors or teachers who had PhDs or whatever. Um, I've seen families list those things. Um, and then I also include sort of that standardized, you know, test section 
again, in this day and age of test optional, it's not so important. But previously, you know, I might have listed my students' test scores and sort of ranked them even, you know, they were in the X percentile um, according, you know, to national standards. So, you know, so it's a little bit more objective than the counselor uh, letter. And it really does give this overall really nice picture of, you know, what the school is about. Okay. So I like that kind of simple way of maybe categorizing the counselor letter is a recommendation and it can be more subjective and the school profile is not is more of an objective description of the setting the school the family etc all those choices so that's a great way to think of it exactly well rebecca this is remarkable i'm sure we could go on and on i think and cover and uncover even more details i'd like to close with what advice would you have to a family and student who's considering homeschooling right now? You know, what are you thinking about? What questions do you hear folks asking who are thinking about taking this leap into this really great opportunity? Yeah, I think uh, I think probably the first piece of advice I would give is find other homeschoolers. So wherever you are, you know, this in this day and age of everything being online, you know, there are just a bunch of wonderful support groups, you know, Facebook support groups. Um, there's some IO groups. So I really encourage parents, you know, don't go at it alone. Don't, don't stumble in the dark and, and don't assume, um, you know, because you've heard, you know, one person doing, you know, homeschooling this way, that that's the way that you have to do it. So really, um, you know, join support groups, find your, you know, your uh, statewide support group, read how it's done. Um, here in California, we have uh, two statewide um, uh, support groups, California Homeschool Network and Homeschoolers of California. And they their websites are just chock full of information. Um, and I might even encourage, you know, a family to uh, attend, you know, a homeschool conference. Um, certainly, I did that when I was starting out, and it was very beneficial. Um, and then I would also encourage parents to really think about, you know, what, what are your goals and, and realize, you know, I think the other thing is parents sort of, I think you had, I'm circling around to the very beginning of our conversation where they jump all in. I think it's helpful to know that you don't have to jump all in. You don't have to, you know, have their whole rest of their high school career planned out. You know, you really can do it a semester at a time. You can change up what's not working. You know, I think that's the thing that I really like to help parents understand is that, you know, you can do this a little at a time and therefore you can do this because you can make adjustments. It's a little bit harder when you're in a brick and mortar school to make those adjustments, but you can you know, you can definitely try out something. If it doesn't work, you can try something else. So I think when uh, parents feel empowered like that, they're more likely to stick with it and, and be successful. Great advice. Really, really wonderful that you're so generous to share all of your experience in this field, both with your family, but as a professional. So really grateful. Thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'd love to have you back. I'd love to do it again. Thank Great. you, Stephen. All right. Bye now.